0: Hello, and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Recovering You. If you're just joining us for the first time, this is a podcast where we take people step-by-step step through what to expect when they get into a life of recovery. I'm your host, Cameron Harrison. I'm once again joined by my co-host, Chris Sexton. Chris, glad hey, to have everybody. you
1: here. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. After our episode last time about relapses, I think the listeners are going to really enjoy this episode about uh the adopting a day one mentality after a relapse.
0: That's right. We are getting into one of my favorite topics, a topic that has, I kid you not, literally, as you know, totally changed my life. Was this day
1: one concept something that kind of came to you in recovery? Was it a formal concept that was taught? How did you, how did you come across the day one concept and, and how did you turn it into this this way of life.
0: Yeah, so I remember sitting in one of my group meetings, and the, the the mentor that was leading the group put so much emphasis on how important it was to basically take take this recovery one day at a time not not to wonder like where am i going to be 6 months from now i mean we mm. talked a little bit about this in the patience and time episode yeah yeah where you can't future plan your recovery what you can do though is is take it one day at a time and live in that very moment and it hit me so hard yeah it was just that that concept of having someone talk about the importance of living it one day at a time tomorrow's not guaranteed yesterday will never happen again what you do have is the moment right in front of you right now.
1: I think that's a super powerful concept. And I've experienced that in my life. You know, if you fixate too much on where you want to be in a year or five years or 10 years, you can almost become discouraged or, or get into the self-defeating mentality of, oh, I'm so far away from where I want to be. Yeah. But if you've got this mentality of, I'm going to work, yeah. I, I know the right process and I'm going to do it one day at a time. Today, I'm just going to work the process. Then time's going to go by, and eventually you're going to get to that, that place where you want it to be. So you strike me as someone who is knowing you for the years that I have. You know, you're a dreamer. You're a planner. Um, you have big ideas. So how did you make... So this idea kind of dawned on you, but what were some of the practical ways that you had to change or practical things you had to do to switch from maybe that that uh, state of being fixated on on a future vision to every day is a new day, every day, you know, is day one for me in my recovery? Was it just something that kind of dawned on you overnight? And it was just like, <laughs> hey, this is just how I think now. Or, or were there kind of tricks and, and things that you had to do to, to reinforce that mentality of, Okay, I'm I'm starting over today.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of it actually I had to kind of adopt this because of what my battle was like with shame with the amount of relapses that mm-hmm. I was I was still having. And I know we talked about relapses so, so last week. Oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm just curious and maybe you're going to say more on it, but I think that's super powerful. So so I I hope you kind of go into how what role shame played in that and why shame complicated that for you
0: well i mean shame is basically the 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 great inhibitor of progress especially when it (laughs) when when it comes to conquering your addiction shame shame is the thing that tells you that you're not going to get over this, that you're not going to be able to control yourself, that you're not good enough, that this world is better off without you. This this is what shame, I mean, shame is the language of Spike, of saying, he speaks purely through shame. There, There's never an instance in any scriptures that it says you should be ashamed because shame is not a concept taught by God.
1: Yeah, shame, I, I, I think that's so powerful um, because it's kind of a twisted truth, you know, we've done something wrong. And deep down, we know that there should be consequences for that. And so as miserable, and as awful as it is to feel that shame. I think a lot of people hold on to that, because it's almost like a twisted form of penance. You know, they feel like I should feel this way, because I've done So many terrible things. Did you experience that? that? There's
0: that word again. (laughs) Should that, that naughty word. (laughs) Don't should guys.
1: Yeah. So, so did you, did you experience that
0: kind of mindset at all? And if so, how did you break out of it? Yeah. So I, I, shame was probably one of my biggest battles. And I actually, I was recommended by someone in, in another group uh, to, to go out and listen to Brene Brown, who, if you Mm. haven't heard of Brene Brown, she's amazing public speaker. She's written a ton of books. We're all innately born with people that we, we understand the difference between right and wrong, right? Unless there's, right. Something, yeah. unless there's something going on in our wiring, in our, in our prefrontal cortex that yeah. we just don't have that ability to process right and wrong, right. then we're able to understand and we feel when we've done something that's wrong. If we steal something, we know that that's not wrong. Or I am sorry, (laughs) (laughs) Mm. if we feel something, we know that we've done something wrong. I'm going to have to edit that out. (laughs) Love that one. So what you're actually feeling is guilt. It's not shame. And that's where Satan's able to come in and twist it from guilt to shame. From saying what, what you did was wrong to you are wrong. What you did was stupid to you are stupid. And it it bounces it back, those consequences back on yourself to make you feel like a war like a worse person. So that's that's kind of where the day one mentality came from, where if I didn't have a good day, instead of sitting in my shame like I used to do for for weeks, it would usually take me two to three weeks to come out of a relapse with any sort of positive mentality that yeah. I could I could win, that I could, I could start doing better again. But I would mope around, I would. I would seek validation from others. I would have my own little pity party, you know, party of one. (laughs) Uh,
1: (laughs) Play the world's smallest violin for yourself.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So instead of sitting into that, I I made this resolution that basically said, look, today, if, if I had messed up today, I'm going to immediately take action to correct that. And then tomorrow when I wake up, I'm going to wake up understanding three things. And, and, and uh, my day one logo, it, it's, it's got triangles in it. And it's got triangles for a reason because it's got three main principles to it. The first one is when I wake up, today is a new day. Tomorrow will be a new day. Every day when I wake up has to be a brand new start, a brand new day. Regardless of how good or bad yesterday was, I have to treat today as a brand new day. Okay. And then the other, the other part, number two, make today better than yesterday. So today, if yesterday was a great day, okay, cool. I can make today a little bit better. That causes me to evaluate and analyze. Okay. Even though yesterday was a great day, did I have any shortcomings? Was there anywhere like, did I have an emotional battle? Did I find myself easily frustrated at something? It doesn't even have to be a lost battle to your addiction. It can be Anything, as we talked about in the relapses, that compromises your values. If one of your values is kindness towards other people, and you have a moment of even thinking unkindly, that's something you can improve upon. And as you start to get a healthier brain, you'll start noticing the small things little by little. And then the third point was, you can lose everything today. If you make the wrong choice, everything could could disappear. Your family, your job, your dignity, your values, your relationship with with family or with Heavenly Father, all of this can be destroyed by making the wrong choice, and that's something that yes puts a little bit of fear in there, but it gives you that that fight or flight response. Uh, us warriors, we're out we're out here to fight. So yeah, that's that's kind of the three points that I had to train myself to learn to do. And what what was really cool that happened is I realized I woke up almost. You, you know, in the movies where like they wake up to birds singing and there's like their own little theme song in the background, they're brushing their teeth with a smile on their face and a pep in their step. Sure. Yeah, and that's that's how I started to wake up. Even if I had relapsed the day before, I had decided, OK, there's no point in sitting in the sorrow and the shame. It, it does me no good. The, the whining and the, the pity party and the small violin serve no purpose toward my progression. So why am I doing that? Why am I punishing myself? If I've repented, if I've spoken to the people that I need to, to make recompense for my mistakes, then the best thing I can do for myself and for them is to move forward.
1: That is so powerful. And, and I want to touch a little bit on, on the second point that you made um, about being able to do better. Yeah. When, when we're in, when we're in the depths of our addiction, when, when we're in the throes of our addiction, we've got our blinders on and i think what happens a lot that that we're not aware of or tu- tuned into is subconsciously we start to limit ourselves we we shut down our world we we disqualify ourselves from opportunities from exciting new adventures from from other things we might like to try and as as you listeners are making your way through your recovery i hope what you'll start to wake up to is the fact that your world is expanding and so even if you're not doing anything wrong your ability and your capacity to do good is growing every day every day that you have a good day tomorrow is day one of your ability to become even better it's not it's not anything where you ever have to plateau Um, and so every day you can wake up with that thought of hey even if yesterday was awesome, because I'm staying strong in my recovery, I have the ability to make today a whole new kind of awesome. You know, I, like you said, if I'm already a kind person, I can be even kinder. If I am, you know, if I've been grinding at my education, today I can learn something new. I can do even better in this class than I did uh, the day before. And so I hope uh, you listeners out there will start to wake up and start to be plugged in and connected to this, this truth that whereas the world felt small and dark and disconnected, uh, as you persist in your recovery, even with the relapses, your potential actually expands. What you thought was your ceiling was your limit is no longer your ceiling or your limit. It's just it's just expanded and, and have, had the ceiling raised on you. I think though, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. Um, it seems like in order to make this happen, you have to be intentional about it. You have to have some sort of structure or game plan or, or daily goals that you, you know, you've got your. This is my plan to make day one a good day.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. If you're if you're not going to plan this out, if you're just gonna be like, uh, yeah, I'll just wake up happy every day. Sure, <laughs> that's that's not gonna work. Yeah. What what I mean. Uh, I, I recently posted for those of you that follow the Recovering you page. Uh, I recently posted something that said happiness is a product of your efforts, not the result of your circumstances. And yeah. what I, what I think is so applicable about that to what you're, what you're saying here is if I'm going to choose to wake up happy, what am I going to do to bring that happiness upon myself? Cause If I wake up, I stay in bed, I scroll through Facebook or Instagram, what what we call dead scrolling, where you just kind Mm -hmm. of like zombie out and you numb yourself (laughs) off to any sort of feeling. Yeah. Your actions did not invite any happiness into your life. All all you did was basically choose not to feel. You you chose not to Mm -hmm. do anything. If exercise is something that brings you a bit of a high and you wake up and you're like, all right, every day I'm going to wake up and I'm going to exercise. 20 to 30 minutes. It's not a huge time commitment, but I'm going to get my body moving because number one, it's going to make me feel good about myself. Number two, I'm going to start looking better. And number three, I'm taking control of my body. So you're gaining something from that. If you enjoy reading the scriptures and you're religious, okay, I'm going to wake up just 10 minutes earlier. I'm going to set my alarm 10 minutes earlier and I'm going to read a little bit in my scriptures. You are actively inviting happiness into your day. And that is how you make each day better. By you taking the steps, you being active about the, the progress that you're going to make. It's not about hoping that happiness comes to you. It doesn't work that way. If you want a better job and you don't want to work at a fast food restaurant and you want to go out and make a career and change the world, you have to do that. No one's going to come into the fast food restaurant and say, you know what? You You have what it takes. I can just tell. Here's your six-figure job. Can you start tomorrow? Has that ever happened to anyone? Or do they have to put in the work for an education and then getting the, the good kind of grades, finding the job that they want, that they're interested in, submitting their resume, doing the interview, and then usually working from the bottom up to have that job. It's all about the efforts that you put in, in order to gain that happiness.
1: Yeah. And, and we're going to do a whole podcast. I think we should anyway, on, on a deep dive on what good goals look like. Yes. And specifically the kind of goals that you can set that will help you win in your recovery. Um, And life, life life-changing
0: services has a really good setup, which again, we're going to do an episode on it, but I was guided through, here's what you should set as daily goals. It'll basically fill up your day, but not take all day to do. And yeah, like, like Chris just said, we're going to dive more into it, but you don't need to go out there and figure out, I mean, you can figure out what you're going to do as your daily goals, but there are programs and there are um, basically pre-planned things to help you out with that. And so we, we look forward to having that discussion as well.
1: Yeah. And, and you mentioned life-changing services and, and the thing that I like about their approach and, and one of the big reasons why I became certified with them was because they join the spiritual with um, the psychological. Yes, um, you know their founders are very um, um, God-fearing, uh, faith-oriented people who are also clinical psychologists who understand how the brain works, and they've put in these years and years and years of research so that you, as you're trying to um, get your life together after hitting rock bottom, you don't have to find the extra time to go do, read hundreds of clinical papers on how, how the brain works. Um, and so it's super powerful. Yeah, so I, if you're looking for, before you get to our podcast on that, if you're hearing this and wanting help um, with those goals, go ahead and um, look them up, lifechangingservices.org. And I think you'll find a lot of good resources there. Um, two notes I wanna just hit real quick about goals. Um, I like your analogy uh, of, um, you know, working at a at kind of a low paying job and just hoping that someone comes in and, you know, wants you to come work for them and they're going to pay you six figures. That ties into the concept that we've talked about, about expectations versus reality. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's just not in harmony with reality. And when you're doing your goals, make sure your goals are realistic. Start with the smallest possible thing you can change, and and get that sense of accomplishment. For me, um, one of the one of the it, it sounds silly, but it really was life changing. Um, I had a mentor. Uh, this was probably twenty years ago. who Told me this. He said, "Never get out of bed before you smile." And huh. so, I was kind of in a funk at the time, and and he gave that to me, and that has been it's been life-changing. I lay in bed and I, I hear my alarm go off. I do not even get out of bed to turn off my alarm before I think, okay, I'm going to smile. And that totally changes my mindset about the day.
0: Now, is Uh, this like a a smirk or like a big cheesy grin?
1: (laughs) I mean, (laughs) whatever you, well, you know, I'm not looking at myself at (laughs) four 30 in the morning. Um, but oh, in my mind, it's, it's a happy smile. I'll, I'll ask my wife. Well, she won't be happy if I wake her up Right? Say, right. Will you Honey, check out how's my, my, how's was my smile. Yeah. So you're just going to have to take my word for it. Uh, Whatever you can get away with. But all of this for me, circles back to the concept of discipline. Um, we've touched on it before. Um, and I don't know if we'll ever go into more depth about it, but we've highlighted that if you're a member of, a faith dealing with addiction and you violate um, certain um, standards within your faith, there's discipline action that can be taken. You've talked about being excommunicated because of the path that your addiction took you down. But your bishop and your counselor and your therapist aren't there holding your hand 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So exterior discipline only goes so far. External motivation can only carry you so far. So I think that's key, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on the concept of self-discipline um, and how you developed that internal motivation to stick with this mentality, to say, this is important. I'm going to work this because it matters to me. I think addiction robs us uh, a lot of, of, of our self-discipline. So what does that look like as you're, as you're working your recovery to develop that self-discipline and what role has that played for you in, in keeping and enforcing this day one mentality?
0: Yeah. So I, I, I'm going to jump on another point you made real quick. And then uh, I want to answer this too. So you, you mentioned, um, how life changes services has, you know, God fearing faithful psychologists, but they're also clinical psychologists. Yeah. One thing that is really important and that I think will make a huge difference in your life. If you are a person of faith and confession is a part of what you have been taught that helps you to heal and move forward and progress. Be patient with those ecclesiastical and church type leaders, because as we said, a clinical psychologist understands the chemistry of what's going on in your brain of why these compulsions are something that you have a difficult time ignoring that you act out against what your ecclesiastical or church leaders would say, you know, like what, like just stop doing this behavior. Well, that's yeah. something that because they aren't trained as psychologists, that that phrase of like just stop doing this, <laughs> it, it doesn't it doesn't work. You can't yeah. just turn it off. Any addict will tell you, I would love to just stop. Nothing would make me happier than just. If stop. only
1: it was that easy.
0: If only it was. <laughs> and so, essentially, their their role is to guide you spiritually, and then you need to take from that what is valuable and what will help you. And then as far as like the planning out how to overcome your addiction has a lot more productivity and value coming from someone who knows what kind of, knows certain tools, who understands the brain physiology, who understands psychology and what's going on there and the science side of it. So really, I mean, and what's cool about it is you can be fed both, Mentally and spiritually, by going to these two different people. Now, don't don't go into that ecclesiastical leader and say, "Well, they just don't get me, so I'm just not going to go talk to them anymore." We need to understand that every person that we go to seeking help is doing their best to help us out. So, I, I just wanted to point that out real quick. Um, no, I think
1: that's I think that's super important, and I want to just tag on to that. That, in my opinion having a spiritual leader on your team is super important because they bring, they, bring, they bring a different perspective. And I love how you highlighted that it's important to be patient with them and yourself in your, in your interactions with them yeah. because they, they've got more than one role um, when it comes to that. Um, they have almost a, a, a threefold job when it comes to issues like this. One, they, their job is to protect the good name and enforce the standards of the church. Um, two, they're there to help you heal spiritually and three, they're there to make sure, um, and to protect any innocent people who may be at risk of being harmed by your addiction. So it's a heavy load that they carry. And there are these three different things that they're trying to balance. Um, so they're a critical person to have on your team. They aren't always, um, trained to handle what you're going to be throwing at them. So be patient with them, be patient with yourself as you figure out how to communicate with them um, and make sure that you're tapping everybody on your team um, to be a part of a part of the, these kind of discussions.
0: And then the, the other thing you talked about or that you asked about was the element of self-discipline.
1: Yeah. Self-discipline, right. Because as good as these people are, and even if they have all the training in the, in the world, they are not going to be there with you all the time to make sure that you're you're treating every day like a new opportunity that that you have these goals in place a lot of it comes back to the concept of self discipline which addiction robs from you the longer you're in an addiction the harder it is to maintain a healthy level of self discipline so Like, was there an aha moment when you said, felt like, Hey, I, I've figured out how to make this work. I've, I've got my self-discipline in place and how can our listeners kind of go about starting their process of, of having confidence in their own self-discipline?
0: Yeah. So kind of like what you, what you said earlier, the, uh, the, the practice of those daily goals that preparation of being able to act through that practice and so what what you're practicing um in order to have that self-discipline is you're kind of putting yourself in in the mindset of what's going to happen when i get into another situation where my i could compromise my values i i don't know if you've ever done this once once i know had kids and and was a father i went through scenarios all the time in my head of if someone tries to grab my kid what am i going to do if if uh or you know when when you're a teenager a young adult if someone tries to start a fight with me what am i what am i going to do and you run through these scenarios in your head um you know let's make it even simpler if i'm riding my bike toward a tree what am i going to do and you have that natural instinct of and you run through it in your mind so many times of being able to respond automatically when that situation arises you're going down a hill toward a tree you know to lean away and turn away from the tree if someone comes up and seems a little fishy and sketchy toward your around your kid you're gonna go stand near your kid and be within a few feet of them as a protector you do this and it's the same thing with addiction You run through these scenarios or these drills where when you are at a point of safety spiritually and in your mind that you can say, okay, you can sit down in a room. You can close your eyes and you can say the next time I find myself sitting around at work with nothing to do it's sitting in front of my computer. What am I going to do? Yeah. And maybe your answer is I'm going to turn on uh, a spiritual talk, or I'm going to turn on a motivational speaker, or I'm going to turn on classical music because it calms me down. I'm going to drop and do 20 push-ups to get my body moving and my blood pumping, whatever, whatever it is. And you just start repeating it in your mind. And then one day you're going to find yourself in that situation and you're going to have nothing to do sitting in front of a computer. And you're just going to drop out of your chair and start throwing out push-ups. And you're like, <laughs> why, why did I, oh yeah. I've practiced this in my mind so many times that now I'm prepared to act out on it I have this this battle plan and I've run these drills in order to succeed I don't know no. does that kind of that kind of answer your question that you were looking for
1: yeah I think that's super powerful and, and building on that I'm so I went uh to this was pre-covid went to a a uh, musical with my wife, a uh, big fish. I don't know if you've seen that or not. I think they made a movie out of it, yeah too. and I'm not sure which one came first. <laughs> but uh, there there was a, a musical number in that, um, and a line has stuck with me. It says, "Always be the hero if you can. It's the dad singing to his son about, you know, his life story. And the takeaway is, always be the hero if you can. And this concept of self-discipline, I want our listeners to take this thought away with them and maybe have this be, if, if you've heard about affirmations, write this down and have this be an affirmation that you say um, I'm allowed to be the hero of my life story.
0: Hmm. I'm
1: allowed to be successful. I
0: like I'm, a,
1: that. I'm allowed to win. I'm allowed to achieve my goals. And, and what this does for you, it sets you free from the mentality that your addiction built, where it was this learned helplessness, or this compulsive behavior, like you said, being proactive about saying, if I if I start to feel this compulsion to go back to my addictive behaviors, my plan is to do 20 pushups or get up and get a drink of water. So What will start to happen is as you set the goals that are appropriate for you, and and please make them as small as possible to start so that you experience this sense of victory. And that that feeling of achievement, it's gonna start to make you feel lighter. It's going to make you feel more energized. And and that's, in my experience, that's how you're gonna know when you are starting to develop self-discipline. You have this positive feedback loop in your brain. You tell yourself that you are allowed to be happy. You're allowed to experience success. You're allowed to be free from your addiction. These are things that are important to tell yourself out loud, um, consciously at the beginning, because they're things that have been taken away from so many people in addiction um, without them knowing it. So if if there's only one thought about um, the topic tonight that I could leave people with, it's every day. Wake up and tell yourself that you are allowed to be successful today. Today, you're allowed to be the hero of your story of recovering who you're supposed to be.
0: I would even add on to that today. You're, you're allowed to be happy.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely.
0: Amidst, amidst <laughs> all the things that might be going wrong in your life, that doesn't mean you are not entitled to happiness. Now, I mean, we could go on a whole big spiel about entitlement and stuff, but what, what every person on this earth is entitled to, is happiness. We, we yeah. are all in, entitled to go out and find that. Um, but again, going back to what we talked about in the beginning, that takes effort on our part. We got to go out and find it.
1: No, I, I totally agree. And and the reason why I like the word allowed, because if, if we've dealt with shame in in any of its forms, that, that feeling of shame can be so powerful that if we try and tell ourselves, I deserve to be happy. I deserve to have good things happen to me. That sense of shame can undermine that and make it feel like we're lying to ourselves. But the truth is no matter what you've done, if you're trying to turn your life around and you're trying to recover and you're trying to become who you're meant to be, even if you don't feel like you deserve it, you're allowed to go experience those things. You're allowed to go pursue those things. Um, It's a hundred percent what, what God wants for you.
0: And, and I love that you're saying, oh, sorry, I, I totally cut yep. you off.
1: Nope, you didn't oh, at all. That was I, it. I, I love that you're
0: saying if you're, if you're trying, <laughs> if you're trying to be a better person, if you're trying to overcome these problems, notice that Chris didn't say if you are becoming a better person, if you are winning your battles, that, that is not what is expected. And that's what the whole day one mentality is about. It's an opportunity to try again every single day. Um, It's like that movie Groundhog Day, you know, the alarm clock goes off (laughs) the same song. And and eventually, you know, it's just this opportunity to try over and over and over until we figure it out. And. I I mean, that that's what that's what I would that's what I would take away from from this is just by trying, you are succeeding. The 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 win is in the try. The win is not in. I crossed the finish line first the win is I ran the whole way or the win is I I went from start to finish that that's how you that's how you win
1: yeah so. absolutely yeah it's and I would just leave our listeners with this it's all about the process focus on the process yep today is the first day of your recovery tomorrow will be another first day day 1 of your recovery And you are allowed to be successful in your recovery. You're allowed to be happy in your recovery. So go out and be happy working the process of recovering who you're supposed to be.
0: I love what you added to that. And I love this message of day one. Like I said, it has changed my life. It has freed me from the burdens of shame. And it has made it to where I am allowed to live happily every single day, regardless of how my day was yesterday, today can be a great day. Amen, brother. And today I'm going to win. And I know every single one of you out there are going to find a win in your day as well. So thank you for joining us. And we are so blessed to be helping you recover you. Until next time, y'all.